0: Hi, everyone. Terry Welbrock here. Just wanted to take a moment to share my exciting news that I am releasing three online courses through the Hope for Healing Academy. So more information on those coming soon. But just wanted to get the buzz out there that uh, I will have a one-day introductory trauma warrior class that's just going to really... uh, Touch upon ACEs, adverse childhood experiences, hope, a lot of science behind uh, the work I'm doing and that we talk about often on the show. And then a 10 day Be Your Own Hero course that's going to dive deeper into all of those subjects and healing modalities and strategies and building a coping skills toolbox. And then there's a super deep dive 30 day from surviving to thriving. And really working on that post-traumatic growth part of uh, the healing process. So um, yeah, I'll keep you posted and share links when they're available. Hopefully the one day is going to launch today or sometime in the next few days. Uh, And then I'll do a pre-sale on the other two as those are still in development. All right, now for the show. Welcome everybody to the Healing Place podcast. I'm your host, Terry Welbrock, and very happy to have with me today, Sean Coffey. And I am going to read his bio only because we had connected through Podmatch, um, which I'm loving that platform. Yay, Alex. And um, yeah, this bio just speaks volumes uh, about Who Sean is and what we're going to dive into today so Sean is the co-author of the stigma breaking book boys do cry a collection of true stories by men who overcome adversity and gender conformity surrounding their mental health and emotions he shares his life experiences in hopes that it reaches someone who needs to harness their self-worth and overcome obstacles standing in the way of their truth He currently holds a recovery support worker certificate in the state of New Hampshire, works as a case manager for a transitional housing program for veterans experiencing homelessness. He graduated from the same program in 2014 and states helping others reach their potential when they sometimes can't see it is the most rewarding and inspiring thing to be a part of. It is this passion that led him to create talks and open up conversations and communication with audiences all over New England. He is a father to a nine-year-old daughter, an ultra marathon runner, and a music enthusiast. He's a man on a mission, raising awareness and bringing to light just how amazing life can be if you're courageous enough to take that first step. Oh my gosh, I have goosebumps just reading it. So welcome, <laughs> Sean. Thank you. Yeah. <laughs> Oh, I mean, there's just so much that we could tap on there again. My gosh, I still have goosebumps on my legs. <laughs> I love it when that so many of us who have been through that darkness have 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 faced it and then come out on the other side into the light um that we reach our hands back in and and thank you for doing that. I mean, just what a gift that is to others,
1: yeah, it's been a um it's been a pretty bumpy and and crazy ride. But, um, I, I think I did that bio and pod match just a whim and it it turned out like that, but, um, you know, the book is based on, um, almost like societal perceptions of how men are supposed to be. So, um, in a group of guy friends, you know, it's like and a girl or, um, you know, stop doing this. And, 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 and sometimes we can't, um, and, and, just from my past, I I am one of those people. So, um, you know, for a long time I was like, oh, okay, I'm sorry, you know, or or I had like a um, explanation for that type of behavior, and it was just maybe over the past <clears throat> four years that I actually have kind of put my foot down, even with my friends, and I'm like, listen, man, I'm like this is who I am, and these situations make me, you know. Uh, um, that i am and we're continuing to hang out so obviously there's there's not too much of a too much of an issue you know um and and i've been able to actually change the perception of some of my closer you know closer male friends uh, to be more um i guess involved with uh, these type of things because it, it happens all the time and a lot of guys like myself I've had a significant amount of childhood trauma and I go and I write, I swallow it and I go and I write and I got tired of it because I was like, man, I have enough material to put out three books now. But, but at the same time, like, how do I stop this from happening? Um, you know, and so that's, it, it just became my mission to, um, talk about my story and kind of where I came from and in hopes that there's people out there that feel the same, that just won't say anything because of for, for whatever reason, um, it's, it's eye opening i've what is it uh, it's called imposter syndrome right I'm like nobody wants to hear my story it doesn't matter um, and the first talk that i ever did i was like whoa i'm from this it was horrible i don't even know how, like my life probably seems so, so weird to them and people were coming up and just saying like man like i'm going to go talk to my mom after this or you know or, you know these things and i was like whoa.
0: yeah beautiful yeah. beautiful i love it so I, I mean, I love the idea that um, of of honoring your emotions because when when someone's walking down a street and you they throw their head back and they're just laughing hysterically, it's just it's socially acceptable. Everybody laughter is okay. And but if someone's uh, experiencing anger or if someone's experiencing sadness or grief. Uh, there's there's like this social taboo to it. I think it's getting better, um, yeah. but it's it's when people like you shine that light that it's okay. It's okay to be human. It's okay to have these emotions and feelings.
1: Yeah, yeah. Um, I have run into this multiple times where it's just somebody's perception. Like they would rather go to somebody happy because they know that if they go to the person who has their head down and who is walking, um, it'll be exponentially harder. And I think a lot of those people find out when they try to have good intentions and they go talk to that person who has their head down or who's experiencing anger or something like that. um, They often either see that person in themselves or um, they don't want that negativity. And I was bred in... like I was bred in negativity. So for me um, and for others that have had childhood trauma, we kind of thrive in that environment. Um, so I gravitate towards those people who are angry or who will look down or um, you can visibly tell, you know, something's wrong. And just the simple walking by and saying like, hey, man, you OK? How you doing? they walk away and and who knows what happens, but I know that there's a, there's a possibility that that could have, you know, altered the way that, that whatever they're in Um, somebody uh, who I used to work with told me move a muscle and change a thought. And so that's literally what I've, I've kind of lived by since I've heard that. And it's so true. Like I'll have a situation with my daughter or with a friend or, you know, just self-induced and um, you know, I can feel it. I get up and walk to the door, and you can't get up without thinking about getting up. So you've already kind of altered that, and then it's like, okay, like why was I there and, and sitting in my own feelings? Couldn't um, I, uh, I had the hardest time even identifying my own emotions for, for the long time because um, when I grew up, if if I showed them my situation, got exponentially harder because um, my dad was just not a you. You showed emotion to, and if you did, um, it was almost like a treatment of that emotion. um, It took me a good two years to say, "Like I'm angry," and then you know, like in therapy, you'd be like, "Are you really angry, or did that just startle you?" And that and that anger was response of getting startled. Um, And so it's been this journey, just like, "Am I really aggravated, or is it something else?" And now I'm able to say, with like, um, you know. I'm not sure of the word, but I'm able to say, this is how I feel. And no, you know, like, okay, this is a proper emotion. Um, But then I do go back in my head and say, like, is this a proper emotion for this situation? And um, is it my perception? Because I think a lot of the time we think that things should be a certain way. And so we act that way, um, but we don't look at the other side of the equation. So um, it's been really helpful to see the whole entire
0: situation. What a valid point. Um, yeah. To take, take a step back sometimes and say, is this really what I'm feeling? I mean, it's just a, a reaction. And if you just look at it from a different angle. Yeah. 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 You're
1: able to stop those things that you'd say that you can never take back. You're able to regulate your own emotions. Um, I just got into a situation um, a couple of days ago where this, was talking over somebody because I, w- I was confused and I was trying to figure it out. And they just yelled out, like, "Do you want me to help you? And I was like, well, I wouldn't be on the phone if I didn't need your help. Um, I'm trying to explain something to you. Um, and, and they hung up. And a couple of years ago, I would have called back and I would have been like, "Whoa, you know, and, and, and I was just like, man, maybe they're having a really bad day. And like, and and that's okay. It's not a reflection of my phone call. Um, I I didn't do anything, you know, that I perceived to be wrong. So in those situations previously, that would have taken two hours, or that one situation could have altered me for a week, um, just because I had no regulation. And so, so awesome to be in control and feel like, um, I know you want me to get mad, or, or, you know, but I'm not going to. And, and I can, you know, and, and smile and, stuff. and it feels better than, um, than that. So I, I'm able to, um, I mean, I'm in, I'm in college right now as well. And so successively, I've had um, individual counseling, group counseling, and a learning and behavior class. So uh, uh, coupling that with therapy, I feel like I'm, like, compared to who I was even two years ago, like superhuman. <laughs> uh, you know, I'm like, or I'll tell my friends when we're driving or something did you see that I just identified my own emotion and I get it you know I get all excited and they're like yeah man we've been doing that since we were ten and I was like well not me you know? right so, right. Yeah, yeah.
0: <laughs> I love it well congrats and I again I think it's just um, well and not only that you're learning it yourself but that you're helping others um, yeah it out the, as well.
1: the I've I've been in a Substance use related position for pretty close to six years or seven years, be it case managing. Through that whole period of time, I was identifying as a client almost um, because I had when when I chose to not use substances anymore, um, I didn't go the traditional route of hey, I'm going to go to therapy and then go to a rehab and, and all that. I didn't even know those things existed. So to me, it was like I feel like this is going to kill me, and and I'm really really close to it. So I need to do something to stop it, but um. Yeah, it's really a different world when you can identify things and things go smoothly. And now I'm able to take my focus kind of off that. In just my personal life, if friends they reach out and say, like, hey, how do you do this? You know, so it's been really cool to actually be able to to understand it and then utilize
0: it. Yeah. Now I've not had a lot of guests come on really and address <laughs> um the impact of trauma and um relations on veterans. I I spoke to a veteran recently. He was actually helping me with something in regards to, to the podcast. And, um, the, the conversation turned, you know, came around to, to veterans Mm -hmm. and he was having such an aha moment as, as I talked to him about the work that I do. And he said, there is a huge need in the veterans, you know, community. Um, for, for understanding of the one, the impact of early childhood trauma mm-hmm. on their lives, because then they're put into a situation, um, you know, whether they're on the front lines or whatever it is. Um, and suddenly they're having these, you know, trigger reactions to things and PTSD results and <clears throat> CPTSD and not realizing that those early childhood experiences, so I've heard you mention a couple times now, your childhood experiences had an impact on you. Um, yeah. Is that something you address with veterans?
1: Um, I have a lot of guys that are older, you know, the, a lot of them are older than me. I'm like, Hey, how's your childhood? It's like, yeah. Oh buddy, what are you, you know, like you're 40 years younger than I am or, you know, or, or whatever the case is. I do know, um, that in my situation, childhood trauma led to me, um, being removed from the military. Um, and so hindsight's 2020, I would have stayed in for my 20 years at this very moment, I would be retired from the military. <laughs> and um i'd had a pension and everything would be set up uh, but that's just not how life works so um i do think that um childhood trauma uh, addiction mental health all these things play a huge part but then you have these guys who exhibit or, or have these things and they go overseas and they experience all that you know trauma and ptsd and then they come back and you put those two And it's like a time bomb. Um, So in a way it's helpful to have someone in a case manager position that can kind of bridge the gap, you know, Um, if stuff comes up, I do talk to them about it. Um, I'm a a case manager, so it really takes the therapy component out of it. Um, We do do some type of of, of therapy just because we're working with them, Um, but I haven't experienced in my work, uh, too many situations where ch- of childhood trauma, but definitely like, um, you know, trauma from being homeless or trauma from the things that led up to them being in, in my program. Yeah. And the other, the other part that I do is, uh, for the better part of most, of, I think 12, 12 years, I was homeless myself. Um, and I ended up in the program that I worked, for, um, as a resident. And I just, everything it was worth. And I did what I was supposed to and got out and, and started to kind of, you know, navigate through life. And so that's what I really drive home to my, to my residents is I, I don't care where you, um, or, you know, the day you walk in the building today, you're a different person and we're going to treat you like that. Um, and And that kind of modality has helped them really rally around now, now they're gonna we them a housing voucher. Um, we can help them with food. All the things that they struggled with before are taken care of, so that now they do have time to go to therapy and work
0: on almost at the same time. Um,
1: so it's it's all in succession. I'm kind of like stepping.
0: Right. Yeah. I w- yeah. I did case management work. I worked in a mental health agency in Cincinnati with children um, in the school systems, and it really is you are that. I just think it's such a gift of that liaison role um and and really it's it's that building of a trust in that relationship, and then you know obviously yeah. if they need a referral for them therapy that can happen um, yeah. but yeah, yeah. Beautiful. it's been
1: um it's been pretty eye opening just to see some of these guys like it says in the bio that they come in and um completely deteriorated every every aspect of their life at least to them is uh like, way lower than it, you know, has ever been. And just as simple, like, sitting in the office and talking to them, um, a lot of them experience a lot of, um, you know, one for being in the military in the time frame that they were in, another for maybe holding a sign on the side of the road, like, oh, look at that guy, you know, and like, but nobody knows their story. And so when they come to us, and somebody is uh, unbiased, and just like, we're going to get you to where you are. It's that's why I said that in the bio is so amazing to see that change when they, they go from not believing in themselves to how oh, I think I can handle this. Um, and that's where we come in and we just like the reins right there and just drive them full, you know, forward. And a lot of them, um, just hold on. And they're like, Oh, you know, it's like the, the white knuckle kind of. Um, but our success rate is huge and it's, a. Uh, It's just really awesome to put somebody who didn't have faith in themselves. Our program is two years. So through that two years, you know, they rebuild their confidence and then they get a job and they hold the job for a while. um, You know, obviously there's those cases that aren't like that, um, which are the ones that I like because I get a little harder. But, uh, yeah, the the program in itself is is amazing. um, I've seen it change a lot of lives, yeah.
0: Wonderful. I love it. And again, I just, um, I don't know. I think I've I've said it for years is is we honor one another's stories. If we just take the time to honor one another's stories, it's amazing. Um, Just honoring that story. What an impact that that has on another human.
1: A lot lot of people don't want to sit there and listen. Um, And I'm just one of those people where even if I don't understand you, or you take it in 45 different directions, I'm going to listen to you till you're done. And then, and then I'm going to try to put the pieces together and, and we'll make a plan and, and we'll go for it. But, um, just that one person that listens to them, you know, yeah, one person they come to with it's fixed.
0: And they're like, wow, it
1: really is in my corner. Somebody believes in me. And and, and that's sometimes all I need. So I'm happy to do that.
0: Yeah. I'm going to pull up my, uh, my share screen here only because I wanted to swing back around again. So um, talk to us a little bit about this book and how people can get a hold of it. I mean, obviously I have it up on Amazon.
1: Yeah, so it's available on Amazon. Um, It's obviously, it's right there called Boys Do Cry. Um, It's compiled by Michelle Cadenac, who is in the UK, and um, she's just an absolutely amazing human. Um, She put together. Um, There's a female version of this book called um, Uncaged, I think it's called Rise of the Badass, but um, woman is scratched out and it has badass in there instead. (laughs) Um, So it's just the same thing. It's just a female version, but um, I kind of was approached to to do the book. And um, at that point, I had never put any of my story out there. I've never told anybody, I mean, you know, close friends and stuff, but it gave me the opportunity to just continue what I had been doing, which was to, um, you know, kind of check, and balance, uh, um, you know, people, and, and this was just my, my way of being able to get the story out there. So it goes from pretty much when I was younger, um, and focuses more so on this, the instance that I chose to get sober. Um, and a lot of that in there is, is, I don't want to spoil too much of it for people that, right. that will buy it, but, <laughs> but, um,
0: buy it and uh, find uh, out. right? Yeah.
1: Um, <laughs> Um, A majority of the story is just about, um, you know, being kicked down all the time um, through friends, through um, family, uh, namely my dad. Um, But but yeah, like um, just the story and then towards the end of it is more of what I was doing at that point, which was, you know, working with intensive outpatient clients and uh, and stuff like that. So it's um, it was published in 2018. So I, I believe she is doing a, what is it called the prologue uh, where we kind of update our story and um, like the, oh, where are you now kind of thing? Oh yeah. Um, she's prompted me to actually write a solo book and we're in the beginning stages. I'm starting to write like a, a solo book myself. So um, all the way from the UK as well. So it's like, uh, it, 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 it's awesome. I actually am in school right now and I had the book on the corner of my desk um, a little, sh- a short little time after it came out. And one of the kids walked through the class and he was like, oh man, I just picked that book up. How is it? And I was like, are you serious? <laughs> and and I opened up to my page and I said, look at this. And, and he was like, whoa, you know? And, and uh, so this is another instance of like, you think, oh, it's just some book people, you know, but it was bestseller in a a few weeks. And, um, obviously people, you know, bought it. So that's really where this whole movement for me got serious in where I started to do research and write and, and apply these things to my work. But yeah, the book, um, the book, Built that the, my website, uh, which is um, just shawncoffee s h a u n. But um, you can get the book there too. It'll take you right to the thing. But but um, it pushed me to to make the website and to write speeches and and to just literally. I, I like doing a lot of prevention um, work for children. So I'll do like high schools, colleges, um, some middle high school. I mean, we do have a middle high school in my in a town over that is struggling with with drugs in in the. School. I mean, then they're in seventh grade. So, um, but yeah, it's just opened up so many avenues and, um, I'm grateful for it. And, and but at the same time, I'm still like, how's this, how's this happening? Like to me, these things just happened to me and I dealt with them and I'm able to talk about them articulately or that, see, that didn't work. Articulate? I can't say.
0: That. Um, <laughs> I <laughs> but it, 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 <laughs> yeah,
1: but it, it gave me an outlet, you know, um, and, and then all these questions come in now, like, Hey, how, did, how did this happen? Or, you know, it said that you, you know, at this point, this, ha- like, how did you deal with that? And I'm able to just communicate with people through Instagram or, or, you know, other avenues where, um, or otherwise, I, oh, um, it's, it, the book has been amazing. And, um, I believe the, this book isn't it, the one that I'm doing now. doesn't have a name, but it, it should be out in, in, the end of october so awesome. i'm just I'm,
0: I'm writing a book manuscript so i understand i've been finishing it for four years so i totally yeah. get the process yeah.
1: <laughs> I, well i started this project about three months after that book came out so it's 1920 yeah. almost three years right and um it's one of those like do it or get off the pot kind of thing so right. i just started putting the pen to the paper and, and um so healing, you know, it's it's very uh at first that boys do cry book, I relived a lot of that stuff and and all through tears. And there's even a spot in that book that says this. And it's just through all the tears and the in the trials and 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 every um relived emotion, like I got jacked up for for a while um because I wasn't in therapy and I wasn't, you know, able to process. Um, and even that was healing for me. So yeah. Uh, you know, and, and, and I'm able to share it with, with everybody. Now I have, I, I don't have any residents at my building that have read it, but, um, in uh, other positions I have, um, uh, physical therapy, I'm in physical therapy for a hip and I've said something. And the next day I gave out like three or four books. So it's, it's, um, you know, it's, it's a conversation starter and it, and it, it always ends in, in positivity. So
0: that's, yeah. I've heard That's that good. before from so many of my podcast guests who've written books and said it's the best call. It's the best business card you can have because, um, you know, it does. It starts conversations and opens doors and, and, you know, brings attention to not only your message, but to you and um, yeah. the work you're doing. So, yeah. So you mentioned Instagram. How do people connect with you? How do they find you? Um,
1: I my Instagram is Willow's um, underscore runner, um, just for my ultra stuff. Um, and the program that I used to work in was Willow's, but, um, ironically there's some kind of connection there for running as well, but, um, so it's Willow's runner. Um, my Facebook is the, the, I'm working on building a Facebook profile for the business side right now. Um, because this is all new to me. Uh, so I just have that. And then in um, the website, but there's an info, uh, there's an info email people, if they want to ask questions or they, you know, um, anything like that, they can reach out through that info email. And I, I usually answer them within. A...
0: Awesome. I have a friend who I actually had on this podcast. When I first started the show back in 2017, I, I was interviewing friends and family about triumphs they had had in their life. It was just, just, in its infancy um, and she was came on to talk about her marathon. She had done, um, what is it? Sub 24. She did a 20 or a hundred mile. Uh, oh yeah. Yeah. And 100, 100,
1: 100 100 mile then yeah. sub 24, which is under 24 hours.
0: Which yes. She did good. it in under 24 or something. And so it was just, it was you so can cool.
1: tell her that she's really good.
0: Yeah. She's really good. And I, I just remember thinking, I can't even run for like 24 seconds. I can't even imagine running 24 hours. That's amazing. Throughout
1: um, throughout life. I've, I've had this, I mean, I think addictive personality is a fallacy. I don't think that's a, an actual thing. Um, but I do know that there's characteristics that you hold on to through addiction. So um, everything that I've done, I've done it hundred miles an hour, right. You know, right away. So, when I started to run, I didn't even like walking down the stairs to my car. Like, I was like, oh, this stinks. Like, why do, I do this. And then I got into a trail and I was like, what's well, happening to me? I, I love this. So a lot of people are like, I'm going to run a 5K. And then, you know, they go up. And I think after like my 17th mile, I was like, I'm going to run a 50 mile race. Like, that's just it. Like, I'm, I'm going to do it. And um, uh, coincidentally, I, I hurt myself and uh, I'm now I've been out of running for two years or so. Um, I won't be back until March of 2022, but I do have that 50 mile. Say. Oh, good. <laughs> uh, after that, I have to stop running. But for the most part, um, that was like the one thing that I had left. Uh, so, so I said that even if my body has to take a hit, um I'll finish that goal. I'm just I, my brain now to, um, you know, that I said I was going to do. And I um, before my surgery, I said, if my leg falls off, then it falls off. And now after my surgery, I'm like, well, I want to keep it back. on. So,
0: <laughs> right. So, right.
1: But yeah, you could tell her that's, that's, that's a, that's a feet and a half. I, I've watched a lot of professional runners in the sub 24 is really awesome. <laughs>
0: Yeah, I will. I'll pass it on to her. I, I, and she's, she, she hits them often. You know, she travels around to, to hit them. So it's just, I, I'm still blown away by it. So, and I send you healing wishes that you're able to get back out there and do it again. So, yeah. Awesome. All right. So anything else that you wanted to touch upon before we close out?
1: Um, No, I just hope that people um, who are kind of, laying down in the shadows and and not, you know, speaking their truth or, or talking about things that they, that that they think are important should, um, do a little bit of work there and, and, you know, find some confidence and, and talk about it because the, uh, the outcome can be something that is so un um, the outcome can, can just be, uh, something that they least expect and and it can heal them um and just the power of of being able to get that out of your system out into the world um, is great so yeah. I just sent people to um you know talk about things and 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 you know hug the people they love
0: right i I know releasing my truths, oh my gosh, when I finally set it free, it was yeah. healing healing in and of itself, so yeah,
1: yeah. I thank you so much for having me and um and yeah it's been uh, a yeah.
0: well thank you thank you for being here thanks for shining your light of hope into the lives of others with the work you do in the world so yeah. Thank you as well. All right. Everyone thanks for joining us today on the Healing Place podcast and remember until next time be gentle with yourself. Thanks.
1: Bye-bye. Thank you so much for listening today to the Healing Place podcast with your host and trauma warrior Terry Welbrock. If you enjoyed this episode and want to learn more about Terry, her mission, and the Hope for Healing journey, visit Terry's website at www.terywelbrock.com. Thank you for liking, commenting, sharing, and offering your reviews on our YouTube channel, audio outlets, and Facebook page. And as Terry reminds us, until next time, remember. Be gentle with yourself.